Amen. Thank you, Carmen. Enjoyed getting away with her this week. We were in Michigan. Um, our upcoming week, week is going to be like the weather they just had out there. Man, 80 degrees in the daytime and then 62 at night. How many say that's just perfect weather? And that's why we live in Illinois. That's about the only reason we live in Illinois is that summer. Amen. Well, like they said, we're going to be starting a new series called Stay Positive. I don't know about you, but how many is getting filled up and kind of being done with all the negativity in the world? If that's the case, give, let me hear your hand clap. I'm kind of getting done with that. Done with the negativity. You know, we, I, I turn on the news and it'll say, as we begin tonight, there are people dying, jobs vanishing, the economy is struggling, the nation is divided. And then it reminds me of that old song that says, it's the end of the world as we know it. How many know what I'm talking about? They're like painting this picture at the end of the world. And I don't know about you, but everybody talks about, I can't wait till it gets back to normal. I don't want to go back where I was. God's thrusting me into a new day tomorrow. Somebody say amen. I don't want to go back. I want to go forward. But it's so easy to get sucked into this. You get unsettledness and the anxiousness and the fear. Like I said, I don't want to go back to that, what we're calling normally. Honestly, if I could just be honest and transparent with you, sometimes I find myself emotionally a little bit on the edge. Uh, sometimes upset or are a little bit angry. It might be good that we're having social distancing because I might bite your head off if you upset me in a certain way. I seem like I can get a little more easily discouraged. And there's like a pressure that you just got to hold it all together and that you've got to be able to keep it all tied together. And how are we going to get through this? So I've been just asking God to help me. Help me to see things with his perspective and not my, uh, mine own. And, you know, I've just come to the conclusion on things they're asking me to do is on just being wise. Yeah, I'll wash my hands. I'll stay six feet away. I'll wear a mask, but I am going to stay positive. Come on. The name of this series is Let's Be Positive. Let's do everything we can to stay positive, to keep that attitude of faith, to look for the good in the midst of the bad, to have that believing, mountain-moving faith that God is still on the throne. He's still working. He's still in this. He's still with us, and he's still for us. Somebody say amen. A negative outlook never leads to a positive life. Never leads. If you're online, put that in the snap. It never leads to a positive life. And I want to say today, I want to talk about why I am so unshakably optimistic about the future and why I'm saying enough of the bad news in this sermon today. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your Holy Spirit that sets us free. Lord, we thank you that we're going to be changed by your word. We're going to be stimulated by your word. We're going to be given life by your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's talk a little bit about optimism. Optimism, first of all, it's not a denial reality. It's all good, no big deal. Head in the sand. The reality is that we face many big challenges. Optimism is not blind faith. Naive hope or just wishful thinking. Oh, it's going to work out. Don't concern yourself. We don't have to be or do anything to be a part of that solution when the fact is we do need to be a part of the solution. Optimism is 
In the, in the dictionary, it says optimism is a confidence about the future or successful outcome. And then I want to put a spiritual spin on that. What I believe the word teaches optimism is. Optimism, you might want to write this down, is the unwavering expectation that our loving God is working every situation, every, somebody say every situation, for our future good. In fact, the word says that we know, we know that all, in all things God works for good to those that love him and have been called according to his purposes. You mean that means he works all things? That means an impossible boss, an impossible spouse, don't look at your spouse right now, a, fini- a financial setback, annoying kids. You know, Carmen and I just heard where, uh, didn't I say that the next school semester, it's all going to be online. Is it even through that? Is it even through a painful breakup or an irritating inconveniences or disappointments that crush us? Yeah, the Bible says that we know that all those things, I want you to fill in the blank, all those things, whatever it is, that even a negative situation, it still holds the potential to produce a positive purpose. Optimism is an unwavering expectation in a loving God that he will work things out for good. I want you to think about this second thing. What do you think about? What do you think about? What consumes your mind? What do you think about when you get up? You know, even in the morning, it's like the enemy is trying to get my first thoughts. Like this morning, every thought that came out of my mind was negative or something that I couldn't do or something that was messed up or something that somebody was upset about. You know, the enemy's going to there. So, so what do you think about? Your, if, if your thoughts are consumed with negativity and worry and insecurities and feeling like you lack or, or anxiety, that's bad news. Because what consumes your mind, I hate to say it, it can, tr- can, it can control your life. It controls your action. It controls how you feel, the emotions you have, the strength in which you can do things, the attitude in which you look at things. The life that we have, brothers and sisters, it's a reflection. It's a mirror of the thoughts that we're thinking. The Bible even says that as a man or a person thinks in his heart, so he becomes. What are you thinking about? What are you thinking about? What has your thoughts? Is it the world's in trouble? I can't trust anything. I hate my circumstances. Then we're like, wow, this is the best day I've ever had. It doesn't work that way. The quality of our life will never exceed the quality of our thoughts. I want to say that again. The quality. How many is looking for quality or value in our life? The quality or value in our life will never exceed the quality of our thoughts. There's so much teaching in the Bible about the importance of renewing our mind and having the Word of God change our minds. We have to create a new pathway of thinking. The Word says to fix your mind. Everybody say fix your mind. Fix your mind. Set your mind on true things. Do you know that fear is false evidence appearing real? Fears that you have nine times out of ten are lies. And they won't even happen. So we got to put our things on what's true, what's noble, what's right and pure and lovely and admirable. And it says that when we practice these things, that we experience a transcending peace or peace that takes us above. How many is looking for that peace that takes you above? You know, the problem with pessimism or somebody that's critically negative, 
and they have that critically negative mindset. Is pessimists tend to view, to view negative events as they're either personal or they're permanent. I want you to say that with me. They're either personal or they're permanent. Per- personal means, oh, it's my fault. I- I'm so bad. I can't do anything right. I'm no good. I fail at everything. I'm unworthy. I'm, I- I'm-, I'm-, I'm capable. Man, I just blow it every time. It's pessimism. That's personal pessimism. And pessimists also think that everything is permanent. Bad things always happen to me. It's never going to change. I'm a, I'm a victim. The economy shot. I'm never going to get that job I want. I've been waiting and waiting for that partner that I'm looking for. I'm going to wear this stinking mask the rest of my life. The world's never going to be the same. It's not going to be safe again. That's a pessimist attitude. You always think that it's permanent. Well, brothers and sisters, I've got something to proclaim. That what we are going through are seasons. Somebody say seasons. It doesn't matter if there's a pandemic or there's a problem in a lifestyle. It will pass. It will pass. All things work together for good to those that love God and are called according to His promises. It's not permanent. Being content, being satisfied, being blessed, being optimistic. It's not a state of your life or a state of your affairs. Quit doing that. Quit being a victim that blame everything on what's happening around you. You know, it, it, a, a, thermos, a thermometer measures the heat or the cool, and a, therno, a thermostat changes the atmosphere. Brothers and sisters, God has called us to be world changers, life changers, and people that change the outcome and what is around us. Being content and satisfied and blessed, it's not a state of affairs. It's a state of the mind, and it's a state of our faith. What consumes your mind, what do you think about? What consumes your mind controls your life. I love the scripture in Colossians 3, 1 1 and 2. It says, since you've been raised with Christ. How many has been raised with Christ? How many has been raised with Christ? Okay, since you've been raised with Christ, set your mind. Again, you see that set. Set your mind. Set your heart. On things that are above. Where Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father. And what's cool about Christ being seated at the right hand of the Father is Ephesians chapter 2 says that we have been raised with Christ and we've been made to sit with Christ in heavenly places. Far above principality, far above dominion and might and powers. The scripture says that every name that's named, not only in this earth, the world we live in and the world to come, that every name, everything will bow its knee to the King of kings and the Lord of lords because he sits on the throne. Brothers and sisters, I want you to tweet it. I want you to put it on your online chat. I want you to tell your neighbor that we are seated with him. With him. What consumes your thoughts? Is it faith for your future or fear? What if it's fear? What if it's worry? What if it's dread? Here's what I want you to tell. What do I do on that? What if it's fear? What if it's worry? What if it's dread? Those are real for me, Bri. Sometimes I have that. What if it is that? What do you do, Brian? Well, what you do is you have to starve your fear and you have to feed your faith. 
You have to starve fears, anxiousness, negativity. But you can't just starve it. You got to feed something. You feed your faith. You feed your faith. If you had two fighters fighting in a ring, one guy doesn't practice, one guy doesn't run, he doesn't get his endurance up, he doesn't get his breath up, he doesn't get his, 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 his boxing in, he doesn't eat right, he eats whatever he wants, he doesn't prepare. But then you have somebody that's eating right, practicing right, working right, working out, putting an effort for it. It's obvious who's going to win that race, who's going to win that fight, whatever it is in life. It's the same with starving fear and feeding faith. You got to do something. Don't just sit in a valley and wait in a chair until you die. Get up and let faith rise in your heart and feed that animal, that power, that strength that's inside of you. I'm telling you, there's a river of life inside of you. Spring up, oh well. Dig some of that dirt out of the well. Dig some of those rocks out and let that water come forth. How do I feed my faith? I get into the Word because the Word gets in me. I get into the Word because the Word gets in me. The Word always gets me out of a funk. Look at me. Always. Always. The Word and walking with God always gets me out of a funk. The Word, the word of God creates the life that I want to live. Just as God said, let there be light, and there was light. The words of your mouth and the faith that you put into God's Word creates the world that you're going to live in. I'm going to live a faith-filled life that creates a joyful life, a happy life, a prosperous life, and a good life. It always gets me. I got to get my daily bread. I pray the Lord's Prayer every day. Give us this day my daily bread. I got to get, how do you starve fear and get faith? Faith comes by hearing. I got to get my word. I got to get my word. I got to focus on it. I got to meditate. I got to think about it. I got to work on it. I got to let it start renewing my mind. I got to let it start being a mirror where I can look into it and see some of the stuff that I need to change maybe. You know what's tough? Is when you're looking for everything to change, but you're the one that needs to change. What's tough is when you're looking for everything to change and you're a victim to your surroundings when the fact is you can look into the mirror of the word and it can show the change if you want to study that that's in James all through James look at the mirror see it and here's the thing is that word is quick it's powerful it's alive it's sharper than any any other thing and listen the word divides spirit from soul the soulish realm is your mind your will and your emotions the word separates how you feel what you're thinking, the ambition or the will that you have. And the Spirit comes inside of you and separates that stuff out. And the Word gives you those things. I gotta have my love. I gotta have my Word. Even this week, being on vacation, when I get up, I have my coffee, but I gotta go have my walk and I gotta go have my Word. 
Because if I don't, I'm going to have a lousy day every time. Man can't live by bread alone. You can't live by relationships. You can't live by money. You can't live by job. You cannot let those things satisfy. Isaiah 55 says, ho, stop, wait, all you that are looking for this to satisfy. And come to me, the fountain of living waters. I got to get my word. Got to get my word. Brothers and sisters, I want it to ring in your head. I've got to get my word. Say it with me. I've got to get my word. Say it with me. I've got to get my word. If you want it. I don't understand. When I don't understand, I know I love God. You know, I, I want to, I wanna, what I want to do is I want to finish today's sermon by going through an example on how i got to get my word. I want to look at Paul in Romans chapter 8. And so when I look at where i got to get my word, when I look at Romans 8, I want to look at Romans 7 first to kind of get a context. Paul's writing it. Paul in Romans 7, he's a mess. He's frustrated with life. He said, man, I love God, but what I want to do, I don't do, and what I don't want to do, I do. I know I want God in my inside, but I see something else happening on my outside where I'm always screwing it up. I'm always doing things wrong. I'm always falling short. And he said, he said oh, wretched man I am. Who, who's going to deliver me from this attack and this fight? And then he says, I thank God through Christ Jesus. But what, here's what's interesting. I want to show you what the Word will do. This is so clear. This is what the Word will do. Paul starts out his day like a lot of my days. I feel overwhelmed today. I don't know how I'm going to get this appointment done. Man, not only do I feel overwhelmed, I don't know how I'm going to get this appointment done. Uh, I, I, I'm not where I need to be of the Lord. I'm not making good decisions. Man, I, I know I want God, but it seems like what I want, I don't do, and what I don't want to do, I'm doing. Man, I can relate with that. So, so I'm, I'm, but then, all of a sudden, Paul starts talking the word that shifts his thinking. He makes a shift in his thinking. And the word creates that shift in his thinking. Guys, do you see that? I, I, it seems like there's so many distractions outside, and I, 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 it's it's. I got to know you're getting this message today because you see Romans 7 where you see I think where everybody is but then all of a sudden Paul starts noticing his mind and his thoughts and what he's doing in line up for the word and he starts changing his life and he starts shifting his life with this he says therefore there's now no condemnation to those who are in Christ so he starts with the word eliminating, you're a wretched, you're a low life, you blow it all the time, you're sinful, God doesn't forgive you. He said, no, there is no condemnation because I am in Christ. I am in Christ. My past, present, and future sins have already been forgiven. And then he gets into, he starts dealing with his mind in Romans 8, 4, and 5. He says, a mind that's controlled by the flesh Keeps thinking about the fleshly stuff. If, you're, if your mind's controlled by the flesh, you're going to keep thinking about those things that aren't good for your spirit. Whether it's a fear or a worry or a sin. How many know it's, it's like an incubator? If you keep thinking on the flesh over and over and over and you keep thinking about it, that's what you're going to be. 
So Paul said, man, i got to shift out of that because right now in Romans 7, I'm in that funk. Now, I'm shifting out. There's no condemnation. And now I'm starting to get my mind renewed and on the things of the Spirit. Because the Word says here that the mind that is controlled, somebody say controlled, the mind that's controlled by the Spirit, there's life and peace. So we don't only want to, and then he goes on and says, He's led of the Spirit. You're the children of God. Then he does this. He says, I don't consider that my present sufferings are worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed. So as he's talking faith and he's making that shift, he's rem- I want you to be reminded of who's writing this. It's Paul. Scripture says that he was in prison multiple times. Five times he endured 40 lashes. He's beaten with a rod three times he was stoned not stone like you might be thinking rock stone rock stone he was shipwrecked listen to this spent the night on a sea betrayed imagine in a sea with sharks around you in the pitch dark raining with waves he was betrayed beaten left for dead and he said see Think about your suffering, what you think you're suffering, and compare it to what Paul suffered. And he said, as he was encouraging himself with the word, he said, you know, these present sufferings, beaten, stripped, stoned, betrayed, aren't even worthy to compare with the coming glory. Are you hurting? Have you lost? Are you experiencing job loss are you worried you're gonna get sick from COVID or cancer you're having relational challenges marriage your kids your friends betrayed you you're having to work at home whatever it is Paul said I remind myself that what I'm suffering right now doesn't have anything to compare with future glory listen brothers and sisters that's not only talking about future glory in heaven that's talking about the future glory on this earth we're gonna get through things and I'm not talking about just COVID. We're going to get stu- through stuff here and the here up. The struggle I'm in today, Paul said, it produces the strength that I need for tomorrow. I can't even be- begin to compare the current struggles with God's future blessing that's being revealed. Paul had an unwavering expona- expectation that our loving God was working every situation for his future good. Paul was starving fears, and he was feeding faith, and he was renewing his thoughts because my life is always going to be moving in the direction of my strongest thoughts. And then he said, in the same way, the Spirit helps my weaknesses. Well, that's great news if you feel incapable or unsure or uncertain or worn out. Anyone feeling a little weak or discouraged or overwhelmed or exhausted? You know, the world says God... that. God only helps people that help themselves. I disagree with you. God doesn't help those who help themselves. God helps those who need His help, period. If you're weak, if you're broken, you don't have to fill out an application to see if you can get God's help. There's just times that you need to forget what you are and what you've done and just lift up your hands and say, God, help me, help me. It doesn't matter if you're broken. If you're hurting, he's the comfort. If you're confused, he's your guide. If you're discouraged, he's your hope. If you're anxious, he's your peace. If you're weak, he's your strength. 
Paul said, in all things, I know that God's working it out for my good. I know it. I know it. I know it. He said, I know there's going to be days that I love, and I know there's going to be days that I just endure. He said, I know there's going to be days of good news, and there's going to be days of heartbreak. He said, even though it's good days or bad days, convenient or inconvenient, disappointed or excited, God is good all the time. And guys, that's why we sang in the beginning, I want to remember the goodness of the Lord. The world says the key to happiness is lower your expectations. And then you won't be disappointed. I say raise your expectations in the presence and the power and the character and the faithfulness of God. I say I don't want to go back to normal. You don't want to go back to normal. You didn't like your life before the pandemic. Many of you didn't like where you was at before this thing. You don't want to go back to Egypt. You don't want to go back to where you're from. I'm saying raise your expectation. I don't want to go back because God has a greater normal than what I came out of. We're coming out. If you're with God, I don't care what it is you're going through. That's why this is called stay positive. If you're with God, you're always going to come out on the other side better, stronger, better looking, happier, more at peace. It's always going to be better. You're going to be closer. Marriages can be stronger. Families closer. Love deeper. Generosity higher. Christians bolder. Church brighter. Harvest greater. Nothing's going to stop his church, I'm telling you. It has survived decades and centuries. Nothing's going to stop his church. Nothing's going to stop this church. We are the church, his body. And I'm telling you, nothing is going to stop this church. If God be for you, who can be against you? There's someone greater inside of you than anything that you're facing. So you see how Paul, we're talking about starving fear and feeding faith. We talked about seven, he woke up in a funk, a life that's a funk. And rather than sitting there and being a victim, he changed and shifted it with, his, with the word. And then he said this, Braden. Braden, has he said this? He said, I'm going to feed my faith and I'm going to starve fears, negativity, and doubts. Look at Romans 8 38. For I'm convinced. That neither death, nor life, nor angels, or demons, neither the present, nor the future, nor any power, nor height, big problems, or depth problems, nor anything else in all creation, nothing will be able to separate me from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Can you say nothing's going to separate me? Nothing's going to separate me. Nothing's going to happen. Nothing's going to happen. So no matter, where, no matter where I go, my God is there. No matter what I do, my God still loves me. No matter what happens to me, my God is still for me. My confession of faith is I have an unwavering expectation that my loving God is working in every situation of my life for my future good. Can somebody say amen? So, 
So, enough for the bad news. Bring the piano up, please. Enough for the bad news. Here's what I say. Acknowledge it. Because optimism is not denial. And it's not pretending it's not there. Acknowledge it. Acknowledge you got some problems. But you got a God that's bigger. A God whom all things are possible. So then rather than being consumed by fear and anxiety, I'm going to believe that my present struggles aren't worth comparing to the future glory. And that what God's doing in me, He's doing it because He's going to do something through me. So I'm going to believe that whenever I'm discouraged or weak, I'm going to remind myself in my weakness is His strength made perfect. And that He's working all things to good. When I'm down and I'm in a faint, I'm going to take Romans 8. I may not see him, but I know he's still present and he's still good. I know and what I'm going to think about is when my enemy sends something for evil, God's going to turn it to good. Because there's no sickness. There's no disease. There's no fear. There's no problem. There's no circumstances. There's nothing that the enemy can throw at me. Nothing, nothing, nothing. My sins, my shortcomings, my failures, nothing can separate me from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Touch your heart and say, I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. Come on, touch your heart. Holy Spirit, touch my heart. I'm in Christ Jesus. I know that what consumes my mind is going to control my life. I know that my life's moving towards the direction of my thoughts. I need to renew my mind. I know that my life I have is a reflection of the thoughts that I have. Right now, say, my God has not given me a spirit of fear, but a power and a love and a sound mind. That's 2 Timothy 1.7. So I'm starving my fears and I'm feeding up my faith. I want you to lift your hands all over this place. Come on, go ahead and lift your hands up like you're saying help. Wave them to God. Lift up your hands. Have an unwavering confidence today that a very good, very involved, very loving God is working in your situation, in your life right now. That you may not be able to see Him, but He's working for your future good. If you feel weak today, I want you to say, I am strong. Come on, say, I am strong. Get in agreement with the Word. Get in alignment with the Word, and you'll see action. Oh, right now, say, my situation in life is changing. Come on, say, I can't live. I can't live by donuts and popcorn. Say, Lord, I need your word. Come on, say, I need your word. Say, I need your word. Right now, do something I do every day. I put my hand on my heart and I say, Lord, I speak life to my spirit. I speak life to my spirit. Your word nourishes me. Say, your word nourishes me. Your word strengthens me. Your word heals me. Your word forgives me. Come on. Say His Word. Say His Word. Say His Word. So, Father, I pray today that because of the truth in Your Word, that You are building faith in me. I'm going to stay positive. I'm going to be optimistic. Not because of what I see, but because of what You say. God, renew my mind with truth that changes the lies and the false perceptives. Lord, let my life reflect the goodness in all that we do. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on, worship Him. 
Something that's bothered me about being outside is I don't think we worship like we do when we're inside because we have too many distractions. Close your eyes and just say, Lord, I worship you. Lord, I praise you. Lord, I give you glory, give you honor, God. Say, Lord, you're kind to me. Lord, you're good to me. I bless the Lord, oh my soul. All that's within you say, I love you, Lord. I praise you, Lord. You're a good, good God. Come on, praise Him. You're a good, good God. Lord, I need your word. Lord, I need you. Come on, say, I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord. Come on, stand to your feet. I need you, Lord. Reach out to the Lord. I need you, Lord. Remember the scripture that says that when you're anxious or you're afraid, it says, call upon the Lord for he is at hand. Again, remember that I challenge you to lift your hand up. And what that means when it says God is at hand, it means that as far as you can lift your hand up, he's never that far away from you. Come on, praise him. He's with me. He's with me. He's with me. Thank you, Lord. As we're praying today, those of you that are watching online, those of you that are inside Church on the Rock, those from other states or countries, how many of you would say, I want to be full of faith and spiritual optimism? Would you lift up your hand? You say, today I just felt I want to be full of faith and I want to be full of optimism. Would you lift up your hands? If you're watching online, put in a chat, say, that's me. I want to be full of of faith right now Lord I thank you that your word builds our faith right now tell the Lord that you're committing to his word in the morning let him know that you know that faith comes by hearing Lord I want to experience your word I want to experience the goodness and the power of your word and your presence in Jesus name in Jesus name you know there's a place in scripture where Jesus said my peace I leave with you not a peace that the world can give. Right now, I speak spiritual peace over this whole body, over this whole gathering. Breathe in the peace of God. Breathe out your frustrations and your worries. Breathe in God's forgiveness and His faithfulness. Breathe out your sins and your undoneness. This world's full of bad news. But I want to tell you the best news is called the gospel. And the gospel means good news. Here's the good news. Is that we had a God that wanted a family. That didn't want to live alone in the universe. He had all things, but he wanted a family. But we had a God that can't help it, but he's holy. And he's perfect. And he tried to create a world where he could be with people. Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. But then man fell into sin. And that sin separated him from God. But God said, I love you so much that I'm not going to stay in heaven. But I'm going to come to this earth as a man named Jesus Christ. And I'm going to die for your sins. And I'm going to fulfill the law. And everything that you're not, I'm going to be for you. And that all you have to do 
is put your faith in me and you can be saved. You can be in my family. You can be in my future kingdom. He loved you that much. Boy, I feel the Holy Spirit drawing people to salvation today. If you're watching online or you're in another state or a country or you're inside or in this place right now, you need the good news. You need Jesus in your heart. If you don't know if He's in your heart and if you were to die, if you would go to heaven or not, but your life's a mess, I want you to pray this prayer. Jesus, I come to you. And I have nothing but bad news in my life. I have nothing but sin and failures and shortcoming. But I've got all to gain by hearing the good news about your love for me. Right now, I accept your love. I accept that you died for me and you took my sin. And you gave me your righteousness. You took my death and my sadness. And you give me your joy and peace. Right now, right here, right now, say this. I receive you, Lord Jesus. I receive you, Lord Jesus, into my heart. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. And I'm going to live for you from this day forward in Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer today, lift up your hand. Whether you're at home, whether you're an inside, I see that hand. Anybody that say, I prayed that prayer. Anybody else? I prayed that prayer today. If you're watching online, I see your hand in the back. If you're watching online, I prayed that prayer. Church on the Rock, give the Lord a hand praise today in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. The last thing I want to do is God deals with me that His house will be a house of prayer. And I don't ever want any person to come to Church on the Rock and say I left and I didn't have a chance to know Jesus and I didn't have a chance to be prayed for. Kevin and Jan, I'm going to ask you to come forward over here today. Darlene, I'm going to ask you and Ken to come forward today. Sis, I'm going to ask you and Catherine to come forward today and pray with people. If you have anything that you need prayer for today, they're not going to lay touch you or nothing like that. They're not going to do that. They didn't even know I was going to ask them to pray today, but they're going to be up here. Braden's going to play some music. Um, if you need prayer for anything, come up and let these guys pray for you. If you're watching online, write it down in the chat. And the person doing that, which is Judy, she'll bring these requests and we'll pray for you. Braden, if you'd close this service down today, that'd be great.